Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. All right, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Onyx. One thing I want to talk about with Onyx today is the Onyx Hunt app and their updated new sharing feature. So what this what this means is you can have a waypoint and you can share it with as many or as little people as you want and be able to send it right to them and then pull those rights away if you you know you're sending it to a buddy to meet you at a hunting spot but you don't want to have them, you know, have that waypoint forever. One way that we use this on the recent Idaho hunt was on the way out, I was meeting up with the camera guy who's coming from Minnesota, and we were just picking a random spot to camp, put the pin on Onyx, shared it with him through a text message, and then he was able to meet us there. That was the one of the nicest things that that we were able to do because, I mean, we're that far away. There was no cell service at the campsite. You know, otherwise it would have spent, you know, he was getting in on Saturday evening. We weren't getting there until like two in the morning on Sunday. And we both arrived at the same place, you know, literally almost 2000 miles away from home. So that was really cool. Check out the Onyx Hunt app over at onyxmaps.com. Use the coupon code EMW. Save yourself 20% off the app. The University of Elk Hunting and Elk 101, Corey Jacobson, the online course just really helped out a ton uh, on this this recent hunt and has, you know, with this reducing this learning curve over the last four years of elk hunting. And what Corey and the team over there are doing in addition to the online course is their Destination Elk video series on YouTube. It's informative, educational, and also entertaining going through their daily hunts as they they travel through Oregon, Idaho, and then late season Montana for which will release in November on YouTube. You can check out the online course over at elk101.com. Use the coupon code East Meets West. Save yourself 20% off the course. Maven Optics. So if you head over to mavenbuilt.com, you can check out their full line of optics, which are the high-quality optics that I've been using now for quite a few years. And especially, as I mentioned in the previous you know, podcast here with this, this daily series, is the new S2 Spotter, 12 to 27 magnification by 56 millimeter. Just a small spot and scope that fits easily in your pack and bring it out, carry it anywhere, throw it on and really get some power. I was glassing up some bighorn sheep and a whole bunch of other things and elk as uh, we'll talk about here in this episode. So head over to mavenbuilt.com, use the coupon code eastmeetswest-gift to get yourself a free gift with any full price optics order. On this episode, this is an exciting one. This is <laughs> this is what I've been waiting for for the last four years to be able to share this experience. I'm not gonna, you know, give away anything here besides the title might a little bit, 
But I really want everyone to, to check this out. Let me know what you think. And this just shows that if you put in the work for long enough that and hard, and you, you really just work at something and don't give up, it'll happen eventually. And I just, I can't even explain the emotions that, you know, I felt on this day of recording this podcast. I hope that it's, you know, everyone can kind of see that through this episode. And I just did want to say one, one other thing here. I will be jumping over to once we finish this series up and actually probably somewhere in the middle, I'm going to start getting out some whitetail content. I know it's it's switching over to the whitetail season here. My gears are turning. They're changing. Time to hunt the big woods. Time to hunt these mountain bucks. And I promise I'll have a bunch of stuff coming out along those lines. So just stay tuned for that. And uh, let's jump right into the episode here with uh, the guys at Elk Camp. All right, we're back for another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast and brought to you back at day t- at Elk Camp again, day two, sitting out uh, around the fire here. There's uh, five of us sitting here again, and uh, pretty eventful day, I'd, I'd say. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll tell the, the short version. I'll let you guys get into the rest of it, but uh, Bo and I did a death hike, you know, way the, way the hell back. And we had a meadow picked out that we wanted to go check out. We heard, uh, last night we heard a bugle up in there. Only what, two or three bugles we heard up in there last night or something like yep. that. And, uh, we just wanted to get up there first light cause we figured that, um, the bull would be up in there bedding. Um, he'd, we hopefully catch him heading to bed and we, we knew he'd be coming around that meadow and, we just got up there at first light and and saw what we saw, I guess. Well, hold on a second. Let's let's rewind back a little bit. Uh, back, I don't know, Michael. How how long ago was it when I sent you and Mason a certain pen? I was talking to John about this today. I was thinking it was March or April. You first started talking about it, and I can't remember if it was that early or not. But then, oh, maybe in July, you sent a Snapchat saying. Bull is going to die in this meadow. And knowing Bo, and if you've heard his podcast before, you heard this a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so I think me and Mason probably didn't respond. Yeah, <laughs> kind yeah. of went about our day. But I, uh, I, li- I literally labeled the spot on Onyx, bull down. Like this is this is where a bull is going down at the beginning of the trip. Confidence is everything, which has screwed me for like three years now. But <laughs> 100% success rate. And, uh, so anyways, I wanted to just, uh, preface it with that. And yeah, so Justin and I decided to head up over the mountain this morning, got up four in the morning and well, Mason and Michael, we're going to take a different approach glass in some different, uh, valleys, uh, early in the morning. So we split up, try to find some elk. Cause although we heard bugles, who knows what was going to be up there. And, and, uh, so we hiked up through there and it was, it was a freaking climb up there. John, who's here, who we'll get him on here in a little bit. Mm. He, uh, it wasn't hard for him. Little uh, Ohio boy here that says, "Oh, that's a nice, easy three mile hike up in there." Holy cow, a three easy three mile hike <laughs> for him. <laughs> Climbing avalanche shoots and everything in the morning. It was it was a little bit rough. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know if we got off the trail on purpose or not, but either way, we did, and we were bushwhacking through some of that. And it was just all you do is look up, and it's like, well, the mountain peak looks right up there, but in reality, it's you know another mile away 
from yeah. wherever we were at. So that was kind of kind of good. But we, I mean, we got up perfect amount of time. We got up to where we wanted to before we got light. So yeah, and, all part of it. And the way we we picked out the spot we wanted to set up was so. You know, and sometimes I can be a little bit overly aggressive on things, and I'm trying to learn patience when it comes to elk hunting. And when we came up to this meadow, when I was looking at the map, so the way it ran, if we could get to the the one corner of the meadow, I figured that with the thermals coming down in the morning, there was no way anything could bust us because the wind was blowing in the direction we came from, which was it. Which, obviously, something can come from there, but the direction of some of the saddles and everything were in a different direction felt good so Justin and I actually got there before it was light we we got set up and everything felt good and we're sitting there kind of whispering back and forth and all of a sudden we look out and see a giant bull and I was like bull bull in a little bit quieter than that but uh, uh look over and the bull's like looks like it was staring at us but in reality it was just kind of you know just checking out his surroundings and this thing was huge yeah, and you I actually felt, have all the footage of it to prove it. I felt like it was staring through my soul for about thirty seconds, man. When I first laid eyes on him, he was looking like you said he was looking right through us, but it felt like he was looking right at us. And he just kind of went on his way. And it actually was kind of funny because when we were talking, you know, it was bad on me, but I didn't have my camera ready because it was still half dark, and we had to sit there for probably what thirty, forty-five seconds and just not move as he kind of worked through. And then he got behind a tree, and we both kind of adjusted and you know yeah tried to make a move up on him yeah at that point he's so he's out at the meadow i don't know probably 150 160 yards at that point and the way that i waited till he went behind these couple pine trees out in front of us and we just sprinted up to get to that front pine tree kind of stayed behind it and i you know cocked off to one side got down on one knee and he had two places he could really go yes it was a wide open meadow but just kind of the way the terrain laid he was going to either come by at us like 55 yards or he was going to head up the other direction. Well, he went up the other direction, but uh, you got some really good footage of him over my shoulder. And while I was ranging him at 110. and uh, <laughs> Virtually you passed on him. Yeah. Yeah, virtually yeah you passed. passed on the 110. Was, speaking yeah. of that, I, I sent Michael an in-reach message and I said, had a giant bull at 110 yards going to wait him out. And somehow Michael read the message as, I missed a bull at 110 yards. And he's like, why the hell is Bo shooting at 110 yards? <laughs> On the first day. <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say when I read it, I was excited because I was like, holy smokes, he had a giant bull. And knowing Bo being slightly trigger happy at times, I could just see him just be like, I'll oh, just hold back on him until he gets closer. And then just letting one rip. I have seen a few premature shots fired out of that bow. <laughs> so that's what went through my head at that moment. That's what was leading yeah. up to that decision. So anyways, we we looked at it. We let the bull go up, and it looked like he was going to bed in this, this one spot. And, and so we kind of decided to wait until mid-morning to see what the, the wind was, let the thermals switch. Because with some of that open country and, and dark timber mix, you know, some parts heat up quicker than others, and it just creates swirling winds. But, um, you know, partway through, probably about 9 o'clock in the morning, we headed down to where there was, on the map, looked like a couple little ponds there. And and John, who has hunted this area for 10 years, you know, told us that there's some, you know, there's always water in there. And so we went and checked them out, and that, that looked like that bull was right, was there, you know, before he came out in front of us. 
So we kind of snuck up the tree line, got probably, I would guess, within 300 yards of where he was bedding. It's so hard to tell because he could have went, you know, further, but my guess would have been that. And we just set up because the wind kept shifting again. And as I'm sitting there, I spotted a raghorn way up high. I mean, we were at 9,000 feet, pretty pretty high up there, and and they were another, I don't know, 1,200 feet above us. There's a raghorn up there. And then I spotted some sheep up there. So this is showing kind of some of the country we were in. It's pretty gnarly stuff and and spotted about eight sheep up there. And I was spotting them. And I opened my left eye after looking through my spotter. And there were some cows coming through that meadow in front of us. And uh, so Justin starts filming them. And we're looking down. And they go by and go the same direction that bull did, which we were surprised anyways that a bull that big was by himself in the middle of the rut with no cows. But when, after those, those cows went through, we're sitting there a little bit longer and I'm still spotting up high and everything. And then Justin started filming something of me. I looked over at him and behind him, there was a saddle that came across and I just saw a skyline of antlers above it. And, and then another elk, which looked like a spike came over and they're coming right down towards us. I'm like, they're going to follow those cows. But what we didn't know, there must have been cows that crossed that saddle right before them. So another set of cows. And then I just kind of took off full sprint down off the the rock cliff and got to the edge of the meadow and started just ranging different parts because it's all sage and, and some different grasses and different color grass. I was ranging them. And those cows came out. And here comes this beautiful five by five and a spike. Got the cows at 60 yards, ranged them. Bulls coming, perfect getting ready to draw and the wind shifts and they all they, they took off but they didn't really know what it was because it only shifted for like a second and um i'm sure you know justin could see the disappointment in my face at that point yeah i mean it, it, it's almost tough to film you know because you get a guy who works so hard for these elk hunts and it's it's so close everything is working out just like it should and you feel that wind swirl on the back of your neck and everything is gone just like that. And at that point, you know, Bo kind of looked back at me and he's like, well, that's it. You know, we're done. We may as well kind of just figure out a new game plan for the rest of the morning. And then uh, we actually got lucky and they kind of made their way back towards us on that same trail. Well, we almost made a crucial mistake. Yeah, we did. the elk <laughs> were heading back and I thought they were heading for that saddle. And I made this mistake in the past. So I'm glad I didn't do it twice where I think they're doing something, and I make a really split-second decision that's usually not the right one. And I was planning on running across <laughs> that open meadow and trying to cut them off and get to that saddle. And I'm not faster than elk, by the way. But uh, <laughs> so we ended up talking ourselves out of it and just sitting there. And literally, like three minutes later, they came back out with additional cows. Same path, same everything, came out. And they're standing there, and our wind's not really that good, but it's just off of where it's not blowing to them. And this 5 by is coming across. The spike and the cows are there. I'm ranging them like 10 times, just making sure, and getting around 60 yards somewhere in that range. And then that bull comes out, and I ranged them at like 76. And Justin's like, oh, oh no, Bo's going to shoot him right there. I thought about it. But I was like, be patient, be patient. I was so worried about that wind. So I I stayed patient. He came out and all of a sudden he hits this one spot and I'm getting ready to draw. I'm like, 
he's calm. He's feeding. He's behind his cows, but he's not like running them real hard. He was just following them. And I hit him again, got 60.6 yards. And at that point, I just drew back. And <laughs> the footage is absolutely great because you can see my uh, my nerves hitting me at one point. And I'm shaking like a leaf. And I remember looking through my peep sight. I settled my head down and I'm just like, execute. Just like thinking through my head, everything that I, you know, practice. I have one of those solo targets at my house that's pinned up against a target. And I shoot a lot at 60 yards. And this is like, almost like taking me back to the backyard practice. And I just had my finger lightly on that, on my thumb release and just pulled, 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 pulled. And I, I settled into it and I shot and heard a whack. Right in the guts. What's that? <laughs> right in the guts. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I really didn't know where it hit. I mean, it. I felt good when I released, but it's so hard to tell because, um, well, in Idaho, you can't use nocturnals or any lighted knocks, so you can't see. And, and Justin's looking through his camera screen where he really can't see. So the bull runs, and I had my mouth calling, so I started cow calling at him. And he stops and turns and looks at me, and I just see a red spot right behind his shoulder. It just starts running down. And I just like, like, oh, like, I can't believe it. And all of a sudden he just tips over right in the middle of that meadow. And I just completely lost it all and kind of just fell over. I was on my knees when I shot, but I just fell face first. And, uh, and, um, then I look up and he's getting back up again. So I hurried up and grabbed another arrow and rearranged him. At that point, he's about 97 yards. Um, I was going to shoot a follow up. I mean, to, to make sure he was going down, but he just fell over for the last time and, and the cows stood there and watched him and actually some more cows came out and, and, uh, it was just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. It was that kind of, that footage where as a camera guy, that's the kind of stuff I dream about. You know, we snuck down this hill that are right out in the open. It was an over the shoulder shot. I got all this footage of, of Bo ranging them and, him and the elk are in the same frame at the same time. That's just the kind of stuff where, as a viewer, you just know that that's exactly what's happening. You know, there, you can't fake anything. That's just real raw. That's exactly what happened when it happened. Yep. You know, and I, I could try for years, and that's some of the better elk footage I've ever gotten in my life. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked to uh, put it all together and see what we can make out of it, you know. Yeah, and it was like, it was it was so weird, too. Like, just everything happened, like, picture perfect. Like, I don't know, I guess... For me, it was kind of surreal because this is my fourth year elk hunting and putting, it seems like, you know, a ridiculous amount of time and, and everything into this and for it to actually just happen all of a sudden, like, I just felt like I was just filled with a whole bunch of emotions and it was tough to, tough to figure out exactly, you know, what happened in, you know, in that moment. So, so it was pretty cool. I was uh, looking, Mason and I were after, you know, we kind of already messed up how we got where we were and we're just sitting down thinking about what we should do, where we should go. I pull out my inReach and, and, uh, turn it on, get into the messages. And I was reading Bo's message there and I couldn't really read it on my screen for some reason. So I pull out my phone and was connecting to Bluetooth and, uh, reading the message he sent me about the, uh, what he had one at one ten and, as I'm sitting there reading it to Mason, a, the live message auto-populated there where it says, bull down. And I told Mason, and he's like, what? And I was like, bull down. 
and we just we both were like, holy smokes, and we were as pumped as we were, and we're nowhere near them. And I can only imagine what was going on with like Justin and Bo because, yeah, I know a lot of people on here who know what it, what Bo's put into this, so it was awesome. Yeah, it was kind of a, a surreal moment to see you know that all go down and just the whole the whole thing. Like I said, it just really couldn't have happened any better. And what was was super cool. So then Justin and I went down and. We got some photos of it and everything. We started breaking it down and pulling it apart, and it's starting to heat up and everything. So we're moving the meat into the timber and hanging it on a meat pole and everything. And and Michael's like, "Hey, we're we're coming and we're bringing John." And I want to preface that story with one other story. Let's hear, and it. then we can let Mason loop in. So Bo and Justin left at like four thirty in the morning, and uh, I'll be honest, Mason and I slept in. We got up at first light, kind of being a little lazy. Day two, we figured out ah, we got plenty of time. So we weren't the most ambitious elk hunters in the woods this morning. So then Mason can tell what we did real quick. Just quick, give a quick five minutes where we were, why we were. Oh, we had a, we had a good area right pretty close to camp where we glassed a lot of country real quick at first light. And hopefully we we find a bull and get a stock on it right off the bat and that's basically exactly what happened. We uh, climbed up, climbed up the hill from camp, and right away, Michael glassed up a couple cows. When we were watching them, and uh, kind of just debating whether we should go up there anyhow, put a stock on them, or if we should wait and see if there's a bull with them. And we elected to wait in case we saw a bull somewhere else. And uh, pretty eventually, a, a bull came out with them, and we made a death march. And we got Onyx maps too, where we were able to work around the private land and get right in where we needed to be. So I uh, climbed up in there and we we got right where the right where we thought the elk were, but we were just probably a little bit late. It's kind of warm out here in Idaho this time this week. So as soon as the sun came out, I think the elk jumped up over the hill and into the timber out of sight. And by the time we got there, they were gone, and that's when the inreach message came. So we were sitting there reading that, baiting on, and, and uh, time to go to work. So well, we were at camp and picked up John, thank goodness. Well, at this point, you guys were about 900 yards below me on the mountain. Oh, yeah. You could have came up, but you didn't have food. You didn't have water. We had so, the wrong clothes. So you decided to drop down to camp, which you didn't get any water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a three-mile hike up the mountain to pack a bull down. You don't bring any water with you. Well, actually, they had more than a three-mile hike because I had the truck that was up the mountain further, so they had to start from the bottom, and it just so happened John pulled in with his truck, and Michael, what did you say to, you say to him? Oh, I said, man, you better have some, uh, your legs better be ready. He's like, mm-hmm, yeah, okay. I was like, no, <laughs> Bo shot a bull. He's like, sure. I was like, he shot it here. He's like, oh. Yeah, he probably did up there. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> he's in." He and it was funny. His yeah. his face was funny. He's like, "All right." It's, it's pretty cool that someone we just met here yesterday when we got here is uh, is willing to come up and help us pack a bull out. That says a lot about says a lot about a guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd give him all that credit. I mean, <laughs> we'll let we'll let John speak here in a minute. We have the mic intentionally away from him right now so he doesn't start talking shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> gotta get them in small doses. Oh uh, no, it's 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 super cool, and and uh, I'll kind of give a little bit of a a preface to to John. So John Hallam, he uh, messaged me on Facebook a while back, and somehow stumbled across the podcast, and we started talking and realizing that uh, that uh, we were planning an elk hunt in the same area that that he's been hunting for a ton of years and and he was really great with being like dude like i'm gonna be in there by myself you guys are welcome to camp you know with me and blah 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 and giving a ton of information just local knowledge that's huge i mean a lot of the you know being able to find elk and everything is directly correlated to john's knowledge and what he was able to but not even just not even something just as just as simple as like hey this is where i see elk it's like make sure you bring quarters there's a quarter wash here. You can get showers here. You can like just all that information makes the anticipation leading up to it so much easier because you're a little bit at ease when you're driving 31 hours that this is what you can expect. This is where to expect it. And if you play your cards right, here's your yeah. Uh, here's your chance. And then he uh, says, "Yep, I'll come up and pack up the bowl, pack out the bowl." And you guys headed up the mountain, and all of a sudden, I see John just coming up through the meadow. Yeah, I'll hand off this headset. Yeah, hand off the headset to him. Uh, so, um, John comes up through the meadow, and uh, John, you wanna you wanna speak of what you said to me when you came up through the meadow? I might say it a little nicer than I did up in the meadow, but uh, I was in the meadow, and the other two were about halfway down the mountain. I, I told him. Uh, I got first dibs on Michael's gear when he passes out dead down there. <laughs> uh, they started off strong and then about halfway to the truck, which is still fairly flat ground, about every 50 yards, they're, uh, John, do we get brakes? Uh, sure. Yeah, we'll stop. So we stopped about two more times and Michael said, buddy, just, just go ahead. We're going to be a minute. So, uh, and I thought I was, I was trying to help him. The, uh, trail kind of takes a turn up there and it's easy to get turned around so i told him uh i said make sure you stay on this trail you're going to think you need to turn right stay on the left well i forgot further on up the up the trail there's another spot that's similar to that and uh well they ended up staying on the trail doing what i told them to do and they they probably walked an extra three quarter miles than they had to but uh (laughs) Yeah, I was excited to hear they'd got one down. I I spent the night out in the front valley glassing some new country last night and uh, pulled into camp here about noon, and those two were down here, and I said, get your boots on. I really, I didn't believe them at first, and but I knew where they were hunting, so when they, they told me he'd got one up there, I said, well, let's go. Threw my pack on, and I'm always in for a pack out. Yeah, yeah you showed up, and... Uh... Right away, John comes out. He's like, all right, I'm, I was cutting. I was on the second side, I think, at that point, cutting the back leg off. And uh, he's like, all right, I'll start working on the front half. Well, then he pulls out his knife, and he's got no tip on the blade. The whole blade's, yeah, I broke my knife the other day. Yeah, I, I was running a, a bare-bones crew as far as gear goes today. <laughs> um, I kind of went through my gear on mine the other day. On my bull, I uh, I broke the tip off my blade gouging the ivories out of it <laughs> i had no trash bags no game bags i i did stop and think to bring water though i was the only one of the the five of us that really had any water supply 
Yeah. Yeah. Justin and I were just about out of water because we were using it to clean off the blood off the bull for some of the, the photos. But keep going, John. It, it, it was a shit show up there. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of things could have gone a little smoother, but uh, <laughs> that's what makes it fun. I was I was excited to see him, see him kill one. It, it's just neat. I really don't remember how I come across the podcast, but I was I was in the in the gym one day. I know I was in the gym the first time I listened to it on the treadmill, getting ready for elk season, and I was excited to find somebody else that does the the cross country trips each year. And what I really thought was cool about it is that I, I didn't know about the other guys here, but I knew Bo had still not killed an elk, and I just thought that was, I mean, a guy to be as dedicated as he is to do the podcast and be as involved as he is and if not put one on the ground yet says a lot about his dedication and i thought that was pretty cool and it's just it's just neat to talk through facebook five six months ago and now here we are packing bulls out yeah oh man that that's it's such a cool cool thing we were able to meet up and everything and 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 also uh john's definitely quartered up a few more bulls than i have always this is my first one done white tails but it's a little bit bigger and different i'm working at this hind quarter i'm like halfway through it by the time he gets there he's got the front shoulder off thrown over his shoulder heading for the woods to hang it before i was even done i didn't want to say much but i was me and Justin kind of looked at each other and laughed a little bit. <laughs> it was pretty funny because you pulled out that loin. You're like, it's a little rough. Man. It looked like it was pulled I get pork. there the second I walk up to this bull. <laughs> the first thing I see is Bo pulling both these, both these arms out of the stomach cavity with this shredded up loin. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about the whole thing, John, before you got up there, we were taking off that first back quarter and bows in there slicing slicing he's like man i don't think i'm gonna hit the up oh, shit just hit the guts <laughs> well i thought well that's the first that's the other thing i noticed the second thing i noticed after the shredded loin i look at yeah he got gut <laughs> and then uh, we were working on the second hind quarter and i i said something about well i hope i don't hit the piss sack and Bo says don't don't worry about it i already got that out of the way <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that first quarter was a little rough. I covered it all over me. Yeah. <laughs> so we were, so we were, so we were, we were dying. Anyways, we got it out. We made quick work of that. About an hour and 45 minutes later, here comes Mason. And uh, he comes from a completely different direction he was supposed to. <laughs> and he comes down and, and we meet up and everything. And then here comes Michael coming through the woods. Everybody's out of water, out of food, the whole bit. I was really surprised to see him show up. I told I told the other two, I said, guys, I think we're going to have to figure this out with three packs because I don't think the other two are going to make it. But, but they did. They made it. <laughs> it was funny for us because we were joking the whole time we're like man these two are going to get here and right away gonna have to turn around and head back down to the full pack you know and uh, it worked out really good we had all the meat you know hung in there and everything and uh john goes bo you just grabbed the head and stuff we got all the quarters and i was like no it's my bowl i want to take a quarter out and basically he called me a dumbass for it he's like we're offering to help here <laughs> and uh which everybody did help but um I threw the hind quarter in and the head on and didn't necessarily get the head in the best position. I was walking down. I, was, I almost flipped over backwards in the first three steps. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of weight on the pack. Yeah, I was trying to film you uh, to packing down the mountain. I was like, I might just wait till we readjust this rack because <laughs> it looked too pretty. <laughs> yeah. 
So, and then John was like, all right, let's get out of this meadow before we screw up the whole area. So I, we, we got down there and, uh, readjusted the packs and everyone we were, you know, heading down the mountain there. And well, I wanted to move out of there before any more elk moved in. We had a couple show up while we were, we were all loading our packs up and we needed, uh, we needed some hide to cover up the backside of the neck there to keep the blood off Bo's pack. So I start back out into the meadow to cut a little bit of hide off the carcass and there's a a cow cutting across the meadow there and uh i run back in the woods and i said somebody get a bow come on there's some cows and mason picks up bow's bow i didn't really know what was going on i saw him fiddling with some stuff and man what is taking them so long here comes mason with bow's bow and a release he's never shot before and uh we tried to put a quick move on some cows it didn't work out but but it was exciting yeah. <laughs> Mason's draw leg is two and a half inches longer than mine. He shoots a, tri- a trigger style release. I had a thumb release. He was trying to, my, and I found a, a my backup, which is the same release, uh, trigger style spot hog in my pack. And Michael's trying to run it to Mason while he's out there trying to put on this stock with John. It, oh, man. It was just, it was such a funny. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun having guys up here I've, I've spent the last couple years i'll come out for a couple weeks at a time and the first week i'm always by myself and that's all right the first couple of days and then you start to get a little lonely at night and no one to talk to it yeah yeah it makes it a lot funner when you got guys to <laughs> hunt with and talk to at night yeah no that the, the camaraderie is is absolutely awesome and and having everyone there to help pack out was just it was awesome for me to have people willing to help like that i mean michael and mason were in the middle of a hunt and then dropped down you know all the way down off the mountain a couple miles and then hiked all the way back up which i don't know how far it is from here to the truck do you know john where i parked uh i think i know it's a a mile for sure i want to say it's close to a mile and a quarter okay and then an additional three miles up into that meadow and this isn't country that's uh you know an easy hike i mean it's you find avalanche shoots and stuff to to walk up because everything else is so damn steep and rock cliffs and canyons right well if you're if you're glass and sheep in the morning you know you're up there pretty good yeah <laughs> yeah it was uh it was awesome but we got the bull down and uh it was everything everyone said about packing out an elk it was a little bit painful it rode it rode good. once we got everything set up on my pack like it rode good but it's just there's no easy way about it. It's just well, especially when you want to carry a hind quarter and a and a, a skull and the and rack the all pack. at once. There towards the end of the pack out, you and uh, you and Michael started to fall back behind pretty w- good ways. I told Justin, I said, "Boy, I bet Bo's wishing he hadn't hadn't tried to be a hard ass and <laughs> take all that at once." But he's too far gone now to. The pride won't let him back out now. Yeah. I'll pack it the rest of the way. Yeah, we were we were mimicking you on the way back, being like, oh, someone take this quarter out of my pack, you know. Hey, pretty, I never said good that. Laugh. I wanted to say that, but I didn't. <laughs> and, no, he uh, did good. Yeah, no, it, was, it was awesome. We got back to the truck and loaded everything up and didn't have room in the truck for, for uh, Mason and uh, John, so they hiked the rest of the way back down. We followed them in the truck. <laughs> that was the best part of the whole day, yeah. seeing those two walking all over the <laughs> They the almost truck. keyed us to the bottom. They were cruising. And it, I thought it was funny because Mason's a good hiker, and it always pisses me off because 
I can go to the gym all the time, work out my ass off. Mason gets on a bike a couple weeks before season. No, he's, he worked out all summer, but he's, you know, yeah. And, uh, but Mason can hike. And when John blew him away in the dust, it made my day. <laughs> I never, never hunted with someone that, uh, now like me like that. So. It didn't used to be that way. I spent a lot of time on the treadmill and lost about 60 pounds. Five years ago, I didn't make it too far, but time on the treadmill changed that. Yeah. No, you you definitely um, – Michael texted me on the inReach and goes, hey, John the machine is going to be there a little bit ahead of us. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I was, I was cracking up. When I was following John up the hill, I literally was watching him pull, you know, half a stride each stride length. Oh my holy smokes. He's moving. He's behind me. He's like, I look back at him, we just kind of gave a cringe to each other. Like, this is going to be a long. <laughs> After the second time, I could see on John's face a little bit of disappointment. <laughs> Don't do us Eastern boys like this. Like, John, go ahead. I'm not making it. Like, I just, there was no way to, to keep up. And then being a little bit tired, not making excuses, but being a little tired, I was like, I can't push that hard. You got to go. And he's like, all right, just do this, do this. And then we did and got up to the meadow, no problem. Just, you know, a little later, like he said, but it was funny just watching him move. Then we passed two other hunters and they go, that kid can hike. I don't know his exact words, but these two guys got said, are you with that guy up there? And we're like, yeah. He's like, that kid can hike. So it's noticeable when you watch him get, move through the woods that it's oh. miles behind. Well, Andy had an elk quarter on his back, and he's running off the mountain. I'm like, hey, dude, like, chill. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd say that was about the quickest I've climbed that mountain. If, if there's a bull on top waiting on me, I can get there a little quicker than usual. <laughs> well i was i was afraid i was going to get there and they'd have it quartered up and be packing out already i i wanted to get there for a little bit of the fun yeah yeah you got there for it and and helped out and that, that was that was awesome and we're gonna i'm gonna do a separate podcast with john talking about his bull that that he killed earlier this week but yeah, yeah i was excited no. for him i i wanted to uh mike i come down here to to camp when they told me they had that bull i jumped out of the truck and grabbed my pack and michael says no you don't have to do that i, said, Man, I won't miss this for anything it's, i was excited for him i, I know I, my first elk was just a cow and i come up over that field and saw the sun shining off that rack thought, man what a first what a first elk that's got to be exciting oh it was it was everything i could have ever imagined and it made it all this you know four-year journey so worth it like and everything had a lot of guys to share it with that's that's yeah. what's fun I, my last two elk i've been by myself and i shoot it and i look around it's just me nobody to talk to nobody to give high fives to it's exciting and i enjoy it but but it makes it nice having the guys to tell the story to where you're still excited and in the moment and laugh and pound on each make other make fun of each other yeah john if you ever want that camaraderie when i shoot my elk you're more than welcome to come help me <laughs> will do <laughs> yeah it was it was a, just an epic i can't wait for so I, I think we alluded to a little bit yesterday but uh justin's gonna put together a film of this this whole thing and i think it's gonna be 
pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, usually it's usually the trip goes. You get three guys, four guys in camp hunting, and whoever I'm filming is the last one to shoot something, if they even shoot something. So usually I spend my time wishing I was filming other people, but usually t- or today, you know, day two, we got it, and everything was was great. The footage was way better than I could ever ask for, and it, I mean, the scenery we were in, Bo, was just fantastic. We were in a, oh, yeah. you know, secluded meadow surrounded by all these big rock faces. It was just, I mean, incredible stuff to be hunting in. So Yeah. So now Bo and I, the next day maybe day and a half we're gonna go hike around get some shots get some pictures stuff like that get ourselves all ready for the film and then after that it's gonna be me filming whoever whichever one of these two guys wants me to follow them around we'll see if we can get another one on film I'm tagging up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you just said you're taking you the day off tomorrow Day two of a two-week yeah. hunt, taking day a day two, off. Day two, take it easy. Day three, didn't even go yeah. <laughs> Day one, get out of bed and bullshit all day. <laughs> yeah. Day two, hike a little bit. Day three, yeah. Man, we're going to hang a hike right here there. in camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was another thing I was excited about. I didn't know Justin was coming until just a few days before. Bo mentioned he had a cameraman coming. I thought, Damn. I don't know about that. I mean, this is a good spot, but I hate to get his hopes up and then him get here and have a raghorn or a, a spike on film. I don't want to bust their bubble. And then they showed up here the other day, and Justin rolls in with all this high-dollar equipment talking about these big hunts he's been on. I thought, damn, I sure hope this pulls through. And that was the first thing I thought whenever I pulled in here and they said he got one down. I thought, Hell yeah, I'm glad that worked out, got on film. Yep. Yeah, and it, it wouldn't have worked out if we didn't, you know, all the work that everyone here put in, you know, me being the least amount, you know, I just showed up with the camera and started filming, but everyone here seemed like they put in a lot of work and right away, I mean, day one, we heard elk, day two, we were in them. So, I mean, that's all the, uh, the product of just hard work and determination and, you know, and it's, this isn't like it's a limited entry spot. This is public land. This is, you know, anybody can hunt here. It's just a matter of who wants it the most. Well, not everybody can hunt here because John will run you off the mountain if you're in his butt. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Eastern guys only. I try to run the locals off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. Every truck that passes by our campsite, John knows them. <laughs> knows that, that's the neat part about hunting some, a, a certain place for so long. I've learned a lot of about the area and i've met a lot of cool people out here and honestly the local guys they most people think locals are gonna give you a lot of trouble over their their hunting spots but they're all pretty cool they help you out any way they can and a lot of them have offered offered horses and mules for pack outs and told me about other hunting spots it's it's neat coming to the same place over year after year yeah yeah that's uh it's 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 pretty cool to see that and like and you even had a local guy help you pack out your bull right right i uh i shot my bull at 710 and i i called my buddy and i've met him a half a dozen times i met him up here last year and uh actually it's funny how it worked out i i shot a a cow my third day here and i went down to town to buy a second tag i see these two boys with all this torn up old walmart camo on they walk in the gas station and slam a case of beer on the counter. I'm like, man, who are these rednecks? What are they doing? Well, an hour later, I'm at camp, and here they come rolling by me. I thought, man, that's just what I need. You know, a couple drink, beer-drinking rednecks up here just running around. And uh, <laughs> later that afternoon, I run into them, and I 
introduced myself and said i'll have a fire going at camp tonight if you want to stop by uh johnny and his brother-in-law danny ended up coming down and spent half the night drinking beer at the fire and we've hunted a lot together the last couple of years he helped me on that pack out i called him at seven o'clock he was still asleep i woke him up i could hear the hear the sleep in his voice i said get your ass up here johnny we got work to do i didn't have to tell him twice he uh i've met him maybe six times and not many people out there that'll help you with a pack out like that yeah oh that's it's awesome it's like i said this this whole thing was i mean just so much you know more special to have all the people around and and it all came down to like i i don't know i just had this feeling in my head this hunt was going to be awesome because michael and mason were planning on hunting a mule deer unit in colorado they had like 99 percent chance to draw and they didn't draw it and like <laughs> and as a as a backup plan i was like hey why don't you come to idaho you know with me and and you know mason was still pretty pissed about not drawing that mule deer tag but he's like i'm going only if you can go for two weeks i'm like all right so we got all that kind of figured out with our, our work schedules and 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 uh it been somewhat figured out and, uh, <laughs> and we uh and we came out here and, and it just everything happened you know you know for a reason i guess is the, the best way of putting it and and uh i literally just couldn't be happier i mean i was i i told justin on the film when uh i was just like i literally like almost passed out and i looked at him i said man if it wasn't, the air wasn't so dry here, I'd be bawling my eyes out right now. But I don't think any tears could happen because it was so dry. <laughs> but uh, it was it was awesome. What a great way to end the day. I mean, I'm sitting here and everything in my body hurts, but it, I wouldn't want it any other way. Do you guys have any any last words before we end this one here? Uh, yeah, I'll take the first round of it, I guess. Um, being behind the camera for this hunt was super cool for me. Um, this year I've had a hell of a year actually with, with filming, but this one was a little different. You could just see it. Um, and if you guys watch the film when it comes out, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You could just see it in the way that Bo reacted when the bull went down. I mean, you can't, you can't fake that. You know, you get some guys who are hooting and hollering and screaming, but you could just tell by the way Bo was that he was just so tore up about it. He was so happy, so relieved. Everything worked out. I mean, like I said, that's just... There's things you can't fake, and that was definitely one of them. So it was very cool for me to capture that on film and and bring it to the eyes of all the guys at camp, and hopefully you guys too, if you guys tune in and watch it. So yeah, right. You you could think of the the time and money he's invested in the last four years. We've all put in. I know what I put in for my first one. It was it was four years also, and all that you give up a lot to come out here. A lot of time and money and going home empty-handed three years in a row isn't easy and when it all comes together it's worth it and you're almost glad it took that long it makes it that much more special yeah no that's i exactly and what and what's the last thing i'd say about like how cool it was like so you know john and i've talked on facebook and, and justin and i have texted back and forth and stuff and but i hadn't never met these guys in my life before and you know when you have uh, you know, a, a hunting trip like this, I mean, we're only on day two, but like, I'm sure the rest of the trip will kind of, you know, fall suit, but you, you gain really lifetime friends out of it. Well, hunts like this can do two, one of two things, either someone you never talk to again <laughs> or lifelong friends. And I, I think that, uh, I think we'll, uh, 
we'll be seeing more of each other. Right, right. I can I can tell you now. I've had bad experiences with uh, guys in the past. I've brought people out here, and it just didn't work out. And and like you said, we don't talk anymore. You know, it's amazing how far things will go over an elk hunt. But uh, yeah, like you said, we all. Uh, I know yourself, uh, Justin, and I've never met until the other day. I I rolled in, and there's a Chevy Malibu sitting in the Hey, 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 it's an, spot. it's an Apollo. It's an Apollo. I have a Malibu. And uh, boy in sweatpants here. I said, okay, I guess that's the camera guy. And <laughs> then one thirty that morning, here comes Bo and his crew. And, and you know, 24 hours later, there's a bull on the ground having a fire together. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't have said it any better, so... I guess tomorrow we'll get the get the meat into the the butcher and get some other things taken care of and get right back after it. Michael Mason's turn. John's waiting around for his girlfriend and some friends to come in, right? Right. Now Bo's in my my shoes. I uh I'm here for nineteen days and killed my bull on day three, so now I've got sixteen days of uh looking at elk and not being able to pull the trigger. So I'm kinda anxious for my girlfriend to get here so I can at least kinda guide her and still be part of the hunt a little bit i was excited to get in on the pack out today whether you're the one pulling the trigger or not anytime you get your hands on an elk it's exciting yeah all right guys well uh i say we finish up some of our beers here and and uh talk some more shit to each other and head to bed what do you think sounds good yeah sounds like a good time all right we'll see ya Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.